Ladies and gentlemen, this is David Mercatani with another episode of Weighing In, brought to you by USA Wrestling, the national governing body for wrestling in the United States, and by Nike Wrestling. Go to athleteps.com for all of your Nike and USA Wrestling branded gear. Speaking of Nike, our guy Grant Turner is en route to Fargo, Mark. Um, Papa Ron has made the trip to Fargo. He's on a bus right now. I made that trip last year. Uh, I talked to some people yesterday, almost positive I'm going next year. Stayed in town this time to get some things done for the border brawl. Uh, but we wish Grant's with Shane. Those guys are super supportive of all the events and stuff that we're a part of. So I want to give a shout to them. We'll try to uh, keep things moving. How you, how you been, man? Good. Been busy, but good. A lot of news going on. A lot of things in wrestling happening. Big tournaments coming up. Fargo, obviously, one of them. Tunisia. Uh, lots of stuff. Lots of stuff. I, I was thinking about this. I always try to spend at least at a minimum of 15 minutes besides just putting topics down, like what we can talk about that would be interesting. And one of the things I thought about was when I was coaching, I don't, it didn't feel like there was all this news every week. But I think that's wrong. I think when you're coaching, you're just worrying about what's going on in your part of the world. Like, hey, how do I make my team better? How do I make sure that little little David's staying on track for graduation kind of thing? And I remember when we first started this podcast, during the season, the collegiate season, I didn't worry about it because we could talk about rank. I mean, it was always just rankings. That was easy. I always wondered if we'd be able to fill the other 32 weeks. <laughs> That's not been a problem. Not yet. <laughs> not yet, right? So, and I do want to say this, that it's, this is fun. Like, we get a lot of interaction from our friends and everybody and just people, strangers, say, hey, looks like you guys are having fun. It looks like it's just three buddies talking about wrestling that hopefully know a little bit. <laughs> so um, I get reminded that in order, it's you and then GT and then me, but you know, I'll take it as the moderator. But anyway, so this is a lot of fun. Um, so many places to start. Let's just start with Fargo. Um, I was going to go through and do a bunch of previews with you, but there's so many good articles on this on USA wrestling has written a, a ton of great articles. Flow has done articles. Rockman's done articles. Intermat's done articles. I don't think people, and there's pot, you know, these guys have done deep dives, like why Mark Ostrander should be seated or ranked ahead of David. Who's the separation criteria, all these different things. I don't think we need to regurgitate those. I just think it's important to understand the historical context of Fargo. It's a it's a tournament that nobody even calls it Junior or Cadet Nationals anymore. Everybody just calls it Fargo. And uh, the energy on the floor there, Mark, is real. It's uh, I know with your schedule, it's hard to travel. It's even harder to travel for things that aren't super relevant to your life. But if your schedule ever frees up, you and me should make the trek. It's uh, – you would love it. There's a lot of people there that you know, that know you, um, and just the energy at the event and in between rounds is really unique. I was there one time, David. I've been to Fargo once for okay. uh, the tournament, and I think I stayed for two days, and it was back when I was coaching, and it was just 
overwhelming. So many kids, so many mats. You really, it's really hard to recruit and want to find out about kids at tournaments that are that big because there is so much going on. So um, it didn't, you know, I would have rather went out to, you know, high school nationals where we set up a table and kids walked by and we were able to talk to coaches and things like that. It was so much easier in those type of events. Now, watching it at home on flow, yes, I love watching Fargo because I've got 20-some mats that I can go to and find the kids I want to see, and, yeah, it's great. And the wrestling's phenomenal. Well, and we should say that uh, we had backdrop issues this week, so we're literally see the, we get to see your your house. We'll get your backdrop reloaded for next week. But when you can sit up in your man cave and and just watch the stuff, it's uh, it's a lot of fun. Obviously, you and my father are very close, and uh, I remember telling my dad when I would go to this tournament. Fargo is a very interesting tournament for junior college because nobody thinks they're going to junior college. The seniors have already committed, and the juniors, it doesn't matter what their grade point is, they all think they're going to figure it out. Sure. But what it really is is a gigantic networking opportunity. And what the smart people have done is figured out, I don't really need to watch the matches. I can go back and watch the matches. I can look at the results. I can talk to somebody who saw the match. I've already watched tech, You know, the, most of these people that are on my target list. It's more about finding out about, a, uh, in, in my case, a young man's home life, their economic situation. Are they willing to leave home? What, what do they need? It's, it's just, and it's also just building relationships. Sure. And so in that case, Fargo's king. Because yeah. everybody goes. So, you know, there's – it's an awesome tournament. Grant's going to be there. Uh, you know, it's it's just going to – it's a great time. It's it's a it's a grind. It's a lot of days. You know, it's, uh, it's a long trip, but it's certainly worth it. So yeah. um, we wish all the young men and women good luck, all the coaches good luck, everybody good health. I would imagine the girls' numbers are going to be awesome because the girls' numbers at junior duels and cadet duels, the cadet duels jump from like five to 16 teams, you know, 3.2x. I can't imagine that the numbers of the cadet entries will jump 3x, 3.2x, but just obviously the biggest growth number in our sport. And, you know, there's a, Sunkissed Kids did a girls' camp in Stillwater. It was like Perry, Marulis, Parrish, uh, Forest. I can't even – there are like, you know, five world-class young or women there coaching all these young ladies. There are like 200, 300 girls in that gym. It's freaking awesome, man. Just, you know. It's great so, to see. Yep. Yeah. We'll talk more about Fargo next week. Um, let's – talk about some USA wrestling stuff. Let's start with the good U twenties. America went 32 and O in men's freestyle. <laughs> so not really a, everybody won. Now Why? just understand we're we're not talking about U twenty worlds. We're talking about U twenty Pan Ams. Pan Ams. Pan Ams. Okay. Pan All right. Pan Ams. Just make sure they understand. U twenty Pan Ams. Yeah no I said the wrong term. My fault. U twenty Pan Ams 
And this goes to the conversation that we've had numerous times, which will kind of lead into what's next. But we're very, very good at the age group level, and we continue to go. We're doing very, very well at the senior level. The one disconnect is Greco, and I think it goes to the fact that generally guys don't do Greco for five to six years of their life. So they might be really good at 18, and when they come out at 23 or 24, somebody else who's been doing it for six years straight has passed them. But an unbelievable performance there. Um, I want to give a shout-out to Steve Frazier. Steve Frazier is retiring from USA Wrestling. I didn't say he's leaving USA Wrestling. You know, I, it's everything I saw was it's on great terms. There's no problem. Sure. Uh, Steve Frazier was an Olympic gold medalist in the boycott year in Greco in 1984. Mm-hmm. So you kind of got to be our age to remember him wrestling. I mean, everybody can watch it, but to remember him wrestling, just a super physical guy, grind match guy. Uh, but also just a really cool guy to talk to. Like um, he was one of the guys that would send us gear for the border brawl back before we were a part of USA wrestling was always gracious. What do you need? Um, He's good friends with couture. So I literally have had a chance to have a Moscow mule with him over at Randy's house. Just, just salt of the earth guy. You would never know he's an Olympic gold medalist. Like he's not going to tell you that kind of thing. I shouldn't say you wouldn't know. And you look at him, he looks like a tough guy, but uh, just, I want to just give a shout to him. So, and then speaking of Greco, Linlin resigns. Mm-hmm. So the Greco programs had a lot of turnover, Mark, like Gary Mayab was in, then Gary Mayab was going to run it from Kansas city. Now Gary Mayab's at university of Iowa with, with Clarissa Chun. And now Ivanoff came in to take over Gary's spot. Linlin resigns. Listen, we make predictions and we're right like at least 18% of the time. But it seems to me like maybe Ivanov gets the head job and somebody comes in. I mean, if not, it'd be interesting to see what happens. You know, what are your thoughts on all this? Yeah, I mean, uh, why not move him up? Obviously, he's qualified to coach. He's got the experience. Um, I think Frazier would do a great job. I know he's getting up there a little bit in age, but I think he would do a great job running yeah. that type of a program. But he's retiring. He, I know, he's but I'm saying he would have done a good job. Oh, running sure, yeah, yes. So yeah. And there, there are people out there, David, that we probably aren't thinking of that would be very good oh, no. at it. Lucas so. Stelt, Zach Dominguez. There's people that really Ike Anderson. I mean, like, look, and I don't want to slight anybody. Those are just the guys that, sure. you know, the guys that are coaching. You know, Spencer Mango. If he wanted to leave the world class athletic program, sure. before I forget, today is July 14th. Ryan Mango is getting married in two days here in St. Louis. He was on Matt Chat last week. We just posted the Hay- Hayden Zilmer Matt Chat, but shout out to Mango, that whole family. Okay, so. Yeah, but there's things moving there at USA Wrestling. Um, be interesting to see what Linlin does next. Uh, he was, again, another guy that I met. Well, he's a junior college guy. Wrestled at Clackamas, wrestled in Nebraska, actually coached against him. Uh, you know, and I think he's a guy that, like, he sort of seems gruff, you know, when you first meet him, but really a genuine guy when when you get to know him. So we, we wish him all the best. 
Okay, speaking of USA Wrestling things, Tunisia is coming up. So normally we would do a deep dive on this with GT, you know, talk about all the ranking points. I think let's just hit a couple things here. Number one, this is one of the series of ranking tournaments, right, Mark? Yep. And athletes accumulate points at these tournaments, and then the points are used to seed or separate at the world championships. So these kind of tournaments are a lot more important. Well, they're important for everybody, but they're really important for like the Seth Grosses of the world, the Hayden Zomers of the world that have no points because they haven't been on our team. I shouldn't say they have no points because they they could have gone to tournaments, but they weren't our number one. So they may not have gone or may not have done as well. That kind of like Zilmer told me the only international tournament he wrestled in, he wrestled Gwizdowski and then Gwizdowski lost. So he went 0 and 1, you know, so he scored no points. Um, When Grant gets back, we're going to spend a a lot more time talking about that. And we're going to spend a lot of time talking about conference realignment because the economics of that. I also talked to Matt Bowlesby from Flow Wrestling, who's one of the smartest guys I know in, in wrestling on the business side of things, especially. And he had some unique insights. We might actually have him jump on. He said he'd be willing to. Um, really well-spoken guy. And, uh, but anyway, so Tunisia is happening and it's important to just make sure that people are aware of it. We'll kind of update people on it, but just from the wrestling, pure wrestling side of it, there's going to be some really good matchups, and we're sending a lot of our number ones over there. Yeah, and and I, I just read or heard something today. Iran is sending a bunch of their number ones and twos because they have not completely had their wrestle loss, so they're using this as a form of deciding who's going to be at the Worlds. So they have two guys at 57 kilos, uh, the returning World Silver medalist that – you know, Gilman beat and um, another guy that has beaten him before. So, I mean, it's going to be a phenomenal tournament and w- tournament. And we're sending a really good group of men and women there uh, yeah. to compete, which is really cool. Yeah. And Gilman's there, like, they're, you know, among all the uh, just Gilman, Zane, and Snyder, I know are there. You know, we saw Penn's. I mean, I think almost all of our number ones are there. Like, Yanni, it's, Yanni's there. Yeah. Uh, Zilmer's there. Uh, Marsteller is going to wrestle. Yeah. Instead of uh, Jordan. JB. So, yeah. So, I mean, and that's great. He beat JB once. Give the guy a chance to go out and perform. You know, that's great for him. So, yeah, I'm excited to see what happens. I think what you said is that there's a bigger, bigger picture to that too, right? Like, I think sometimes – Athletes and coaches are like, okay, like uh, I didn't place at state this year. Next year, I want to win state. Well, there's a bunch of stuff you got to do in between, right? Like, I mean, like, hey, if if you were my coach and I can never get a takedown on you, and you were taking me down four times in a minute, probably the first step is to try to get it where you only take me down three times in a minute, and then two times in a minute. You know, I mean, and people can see the, but. You got to crawl before you walk, walk before you run, run before you sprint, you know? And so, yeah, for sure. There's a a ton of things there that, that can make sense. And, you know, I think we just all like watching people wear the red, white, and blue. So 
between that and between Fargo, you're going to see sort of the superstars of tomorrow and the superstars of today. So a couple of other things, Ryan Deacon to Stanford, replacing Chenzo. So actually talked to Rob Cole because they're a part of the collegiate dual event that we're doing, which we're going to announce probably here in the next 30, 45 days. But um, what do you think about Deacon, you know, fresh off a national title uh, going to Stanford? I think it's a great gift for Stanford. Um, just the quality of a kid he, that he is. Um, I mean, you'd want somebody like him in your room to be around the kids. Uh, plus, Griffith. I mean, he just got a you know national champion as a workout partner. How much better is he going to be able to continue to be? Uh, now he's already very good, obviously. But I think it's something that they felt that they needed another, you know, somebody to come into that room to help him get to that level where he wants to be. Plus, they've got so many good kids in the upper weights. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a great pickup for him. I really do. Yeah, I, thought, I thought Vincenzo, I was skeptical when he took that job, did a really nice job there. And I know he's going somewhere else, and I know you're going to announce it here in a minute. Um, <laughs> but I think he did a I, – I was very surprised how well he did – coming right out of college there. So I was, yeah, he's going to do, he's going to be a good coach someday. Real good. Yeah. Let's circle back to what you said. I think the, uh, I think the angle of Griffith can't be understated, right? Because like all these guys are being recruited to go into the portal, all this other stuff. Griffith took a ton of classes during the COVID year. So like, you know, plus if you go to Stanford and you transfer, you go to any other school in the country, it's not like, oh, I don't know if I can get in a state university kind of thing, you know. Sure. So, but I mean, that's relevant. And he had Chenzo, you know, to work out with. And so to add Deacon, you know, Chenzo is a little bigger, but, you know, Deacon's a, obviously Chenzo's still scrapping if he, you know, made the finals, you know, was the final. X runner up, so to speak, you know, like yep. to Marsteller. So um, this is not out, but I would be, let's just put it this way. I don't, I think it's, it'll get announced soon that Chenzo didn't go very far, went to a neighboring state, stayed warm, and uh, just, you'll probably see him working out with the top five program out West. They announced it on flow today, yesterday. Okay, good. Yeah, there, I've known about this. No state, David, if you forgot, I mean no. that's where I've that's known where about it for about I've known about it for a pretty long time. That's where he's going to land. I mean, that's kind of where he's going. So yeah, and that's no, he's, and that's a great pickup for them. I mean, I think he's going to be a really good coach. I really do. Well, I think also he gives Zahid another workout partner, which is important, and he also wrestles differently than Zahid, which you know no two guys wrestle alike, but. That's a part of the game where it could help Zahid, you know, like bring him up into ties instead of always just sort of wrestling traditional. Um, that was one of the things when I talked to Sergey Belaglazov at the Rudis event, he was like, you know, we, we always push down. We never bring up, you know, here in America. And it's like, you know, Chenzo does that and he's super dangerous in there. You know, Marsteller is dangerous in there. I mean, that's how they've beaten some guys that we think traditionally might be better at leg attacks and things like that. It's how Chenzo beat Imar. You know, like, Imar was kind of a bully in those underhooks, and Chenzo was, frankly, just better in the overhooks. 
So that was kind of a game changer too. So uh, shocking, Kale Sanderson still has a job, Mark. He does. Yeah. Good. We need. Keep, I think we need to keep him around for a while. He's proven himself almost. He's a young guy getting going after <laughs> So uh, it's very interesting. Gilman, you know, it's we had Gilman on, and, you know, we asked him what the secret sauce is, and he goes, there's no secret sauce. These coaches just work harder. And then Cornell Robinson, who's the SEM coach, and right. Russell, for me, you know, we're friends. You know, we've known each other since he was 18 years old. We were talking, we've talked probably once a week. He's like, coach, he went through a day of what Kale does. And he goes, this guy, he goes, I thought I was geeked out about wrestling. He's like, this guy it loves wrestling and invests his entire self into it at a level. So maybe they are just working harder. I don't know, because there's a lot of guys working really hard, but the day that he described to me, there's not very many people doing that. I can just tell you. Like, you know, obviously they have a ton of resources. They have a ton of support. And the biggest thing, you, besides the winning at Penn State, is the amount of money they're raising and the people they're getting behind them. But, listen, you live in Iowa. People support a winner. Um, I cannot imagine Iowa ever being like a perennial top 15 to 20 team, you know, in that range. But if somehow that happened, I don't think the support would be the same. I think they'd go support Iowa State or you and I or whoever is in that top five. Part of what they support is winning, right? Yep. So, okay. So let's talk about AJ Ferrari. What's going on with AJ? Okay. We're talking, (laughs) we're at 10 in the morning. Yep. On on Thursday the fourteenth, yesterday the thirteenth, it came out. I don't know if this will post today or tomorrow, but just so people know, posted that he'd been dismissed from the team, that there was a charge. We are we are going to specifically not talk about the charge, the lawyers, the specificity. I that that is not our lane. Uh, we don't want to say anything that looks like we feel in any direction. You know, we believe in the judicial process. We'll let all that play out. Um, I don't think we say this very often, but the opinions we express on this show are the opinions of us and not of USA Wrestling. So, I mean, but like we've, we've pointed out when GT's talking that like he's speaking as GT and not as Nike. Correct. Or Grandview. Or, yes. Great point. Great point. Let's just talk about what this does on the wrestling side of it. Okay. So let's talk about the Oklahoma state side first. So I pulled up intermatch rankings and, and by the way, shout out to Earl. Doug did a great job last week. Yep. Um, so they had Oklahoma state at 54 and a half points, which tied them for six that with Missouri only one point behind Michigan and only four and a half points behind Ohio state for the top four, nine points behind Arizona state. You take Ferrari out and they dropped to 34 and a half, which bumps a bunch of teams up and drops them behind Northwestern, who was 12. So Oklahoma State would become 12, okay? Because all those teams would slide up. So they dropped from basically 5 to 12 in those rankings or some stuff we disagree with. But if you just, in general, you go, hey, they dropped from like 55 to 35 points minus bonus. It makes it very, very difficult for them unless a ton of things go right 
to trophy because they now have fix who's meddled. They have plot who's meddled and they have sheets who meddled a couple years ago. But, you know, Mastro hasn't meddled. Young hasn't meddled. Whoever they go at 49 hasn't meddled. Whoever goes at six. Whitlake has meddled. So they do have four medalists. Yep. Okay. So, but especially if Whitlake's going up to 84, it's a whole different ball game. Sure. Okay. And the other part of this is Anthony Ferrari, who was an incoming freshman, I'm guessing, might not go to Oklahoma State. And Angelo Ferrari, who is the class of 24, is a consensus top six kid in the entire class. Yep. And so and now that recruiting becomes. So um, I actually texted with AJ Sr., but I'll, I'll step aside here. Your longtime coach, just put your, just put your analytics hat on here. You know, and Oklahoma State doesn't have a hammer in in the background at 197. I guess maybe I'll tell you what this could do. Kyle Haas, if he didn't go 84, could go jump in at 97 if they put Whitlake at 84. I'm guessing that's probably what'll happen. Haas is Tyler Caldwell's brother, really good recruit coming out of high school. Clearly not Ferrari, but really nobody is. So tell me what you think about all that. I think it just probably got to a point where John had to make a decision, David. I'm not sure um, all the things that go on. I know AJ is a big personality. I mean, a big personality. And not everybody can handle that kind of a personality. And it's not that he didn't love wrestling and didn't work hard at it, because I know he did, because you don't get that good without putting the time and the effort in, obviously. So, but it was all the other stuff that was going on with the car accident, um, I'm sure, um, and how the team reacted to it, because they were a different team without him last year, the way they performed. And he was looked up to as a leader. You know, they, they want their leaders on the mat. And uh, you got to make better decisions. And not just in, in life as general, but, I mean, we talked about this, you know, name like image likeness thing, David, over and over again. Well, he really went out and did his own thing and got his own clothing line going. And all of a sudden he kind of separated himself from the team doing all those things to make that, you know, money. So, and he had the videos where he's playing pool and he's doing hundred dollar bills on the table. And, you know, that, I don't know. Uh, I think it was a decision that I'm sure John really struggled with making because he also has two brothers, and you don't ever want to lose a national champion. You don't, not in this sport. So it it hurt Oklahoma State, but I don't think he did the wrong thing. I think John's looking at the you know program over individuals, which I think as coaches we all want to do, and John was able to do that. And you know we're going to see he's going somewhere. He's going to end up somewhere. Now we well, we're going to talk about that next. Yeah, yeah that's what yeah. I'm excited about. Yeah. So let's say this. I had Chris Perry on the podcast last fall, and I specifically remember him saying how hard Ferrari works in the room. Okay. That, you know, and he was like, look, he's not just the glitz and the glamour. He's not just the TikTok IG videos that he, you know, he's a burn the candle at both, both sides, both ends of the candle kind of thing. Um, 
whatever you think about the car accident, I think it's a very fair statement to say that Oklahoma State performed worse after the car accident than before the car accident. They lost like I think three or four duels they've you know in a row. I don't know if that had happened in like 40 years. Um they had a subpar Big 12 tournament. I think they were fourth if I remember correctly. Maybe third, but I mean, you know, they're in they're in Tulsa. And you know, didn't they finish 14th? And I still remember this. They finished behind Oregon State and Ohio State. So they were the third of the OSU schools, which you could have lost a lot of money. Sure. You know, or made a lot of money betting that that was going to happen. Uh, your point about losing the national champion is super well taken. But it, it also, Mark, depends on when you lose them, right? Like if you know. Like if if Ferrari said at the beginning of last season, this is my last season, you know, like before, like I'm going to do this and I'm going to the WWE. Yep. Okay. You start recruiting differently. The money's different. Let's him make one last run at it, you know, versus a decision like this versus an injury versus, uh, you know, a family emergency, you know, anything like that where you're like, you're just caught off guard. Sure. And, you know, so now it's like, it's July. I mean, it's July. School starts in six weeks, five weeks. You know, there's, there's nobody out there to go get. Yeah. So, you know, like what you're saying, David, transfer portal. I mean, you got Beard who left Ohio State and ended up going to Lehigh. Penn, Penn State. Or Penn State and yep. went to Lehigh. Now, let's say if this would have happened three months ago, that Ferrari yep. said he wasn't coming back. Bearden might have went to Oklahoma State and been a high All-American. 100%. So, I mean, those yeah. are things that, you know, would have played. Timing's not the greatest for Oklahoma State. But me personally, I think John Smith did the right thing, I think, as a coach. Um, because no, no one's questioning that John Smith did the right or wrong thing. So we'll make sure we're saying that too. Like I, there's a lot of times I'll play devil's advocate with you just because sure. it's it's more interesting sure. radio or pod or whatever you want to call it. But no one's questioning, no one's saying AJ Ferrari's innocent or guilty, and nobody's saying John Smith made a good or bad decision. Because in order for us to have an intelligent commentary on that, we'd actually have to know everything that happened True. and not just what the charge is, but all the other stuff that led up to it. Like you know, you coached, I coached, if one kid is on time every single day and they're five minutes late, if they're 20 minutes late, you're probably worried if they're dead. You know, yeah. um, when I had COVID and I didn't return calls for three days, you're like, man, are you okay? You know, if somebody just blows you off all the time, you're like, that's just David being David kind of thing. So let's talk about the wrestling side of it. Where does he go? Right. So now if you look at the team rankings, okay, Penn State, I really doubt they recruit over the top of Max Dean, Iowa. I would doubt they would recruit over the top of Warner. Arizona State needs a 97-pounder. Ohio State has Gavin Hoffman, but clearly an upgrade. Michigan needs a 97-pounder. Missouri has Rocky Elam. Uh, Minnesota has Foy, but would be an upgrade. I mean, pretty much you go down the line after that. Like, to me, the sort of the favorites on paper are Arizona State, Michigan, and Nebraska and just kind of where they would take those teams. Like Arizona state would jump from 63 to 83 points on paper. 
which would put them in a firm second. And especially like if you said Spencer Lee may not wrestle, that puts them in a really firm second on paper. Michigan goes from 55 to 75, jumps them up in the top four and kind of out of the pack. Nebraska goes from 43 to 63, jumps them right on par with Arizona State. And we're not saying that A.J. Ferrari is going to win nationals. Okay, like we're not saying that. The other school that's come up, you can imagine my phone was popping off pretty good yesterday. Rutgers, you know, he's, he's got a New Jersey background. He's been there. He was around there for Final X, give or take, that area. So let's not predict right now. we got time for this. Um, one, a D1 coach I talked to said it can't go that quickly because the legal process has to play out. Sure. It also can't go that slowly because school starts – you know, but now with online classes, like you can just get guys in classes at the last minute. So let's, let's, let's do it this way. Where I'll ask you the question two ways. Where do you think he would go that would impact the team race the most? That's also a reasonable destination. And where would you like to see him go? Uh, Arizona state for the team race would be my number one, because I think that puts them Right up there with Penn State. Uh, so, so Arizona State, if they have him, they have Courtney, returning All-American, McGee, returning All-American, Vasquez, who got hurt, Parco, returning All-American, Teamer, returning All-American, Negron, transfer from Penn State, Kyle Valencia. Um, I've drawn a blank now at 84. And then they'd have Ferrari and Schultz. So they yes. could, they would have – 25, 33, 49, 57. They'd have seven returning All-Americans. Yes. Okay. I saw, yeah. That makes them very – I think I think for team race-wise, I think that's would be the strongest case why you would take Arizona State. Uh, plus the weather's nice uh, there, <laughs> obviously. Um, and they have a great coaching staff. They have a – great RTC there already uh, if he wanted to get into that. And uh, obviously he was a bronze medalist, I think, in either cadets or juniors a few years ago. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, it makes sense that Arizona State would be a great fit for him uh, wrestling-wise. But I think probably Rutgers would be his number one choice because I think that's where he wanted to go coming out of high school was Rutgers because he felt at home out there. I think well, he he's wanted to, if he wanted to go there, why didn't he go there? Because I think Oklahoma State had more to offer uh, as as a program, you know. So, but I think he really liked Arizona. Follow that had, logic. Like, I mean, I actually saw Ferrari in Lincoln on his recruiting trip. Okay. So, if you look at these programs, and we're not trying to disparage anybody, but if you go. Hey, like you look at Arizona State, you look at Michigan, it feels like those programs in Nebraska, they have more people surrounding him, more people that can wrestle with him. I mean, if, if he goes to Michigan, he gets worked out with Jaden Cox. Yeah. I mean, nobody's going to. I'm not saying he shouldn't go there. I'm saying. No, but I'm saying if we say. I think he could end up. I, oh, would, yeah. say, I yeah. would say Rutgers over any of those other schools. Where he should, what would make the team race, I think, is Arizona State. 
because they would compete against Penn State. I don't think any other school he goes to puts that school nip and tuck with Penn State, except for Iowa, and I don't think he would ever go to Iowa. So that's I'm not just sure they would even call him. You know? Yeah, I'm, I don't know. You know, I have no yeah. idea. I just don't. He's not probably a fit for that program the way they do their thing. So, but um, yeah. But you asked me a question, David. Yeah. Specifically, and I think Arizona's the answer. And then I think Rutgers, because he's from, he went to Bergen Catholic and. Well, he went Jersey. to Bergen Catholic for like a month. But he's a Jersey, kind of a Jersey kind of kid. You know what I mean? He's like a Suriano, like a Jersey kind of kid. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying he's not Suriano where he went there for four years and went like 200 and 0 kind of thing. I know. I know. Yeah. I mean, he went to Allen, Texas. He went, they went to multiple schools. Yep. So. Yeah, it's um what are, you, what are your thoughts, David? Well, what do you think? Cuz I know you you have different insights than I have. I'm just giving out answers. You probably no, have no. Neither one of us are right. I mean, look, it's like we both kind of guessed Clarissa Chun, you know, for Iowa and we were both right. We've also guessed a lot of things that I, I you know, I'm not going to bring them specifically on the things I guessed that I was wrong about, but there's been an abundance of them and we clearly own those. Uh, I mean, ASU makes a ton of sense. It's in the team point race, right? Like, like yep. if you look at it, what you have to look at is marginal improvement. Like, like if Penn state got him, now they got the number one and number two guy, like probably one of those, they were going to probably win nationals, you know, like they're going to be in the finals either way. So you're talking about maybe four points difference, and I'm sure Penn State thinks Max Dean can beat Ferrari anyway. Yep. Okay, Iowa. Even if you just go by rankings, and now Warner's going to take was going to be third. Okay, and if you get Ferrari, maybe he takes first. That's that's seven point six and a half point difference. That's significant. Okay, but when you take him to a spot like a Nebraska, where Eric Schultz graduated, and, and Silas Allred's coming in, but not proven yet, right? And in a weight that has a ton of returning All-Americans, like that's the other part of this, right? Like if you look at 90, 97 and if people are wondering why we're using Intermat over anybody else, they're the only ones that have put out rankings this early, but, you know, their rankings are Dean, Ferrari, Warner, Buchanan, Elam, Truax, Bastida, Dupre, Beard, Hoffman, Bonacorsi. All 11 of those guys have placed, Okay. So if you take a person that hasn't placed and you go, oh, I think he can place, which well, all these coaches think that, right? Well, you're going to have to beat most likely two returning, two guys that have all American at some point in their life to get through that. I mean, there's just, there's the math says that's how it has to work. Unless somebody gets upset, then you got to beat somebody who upset an all American. Um, I mean, I think Michigan makes sense. I think, you know, they did it with Suriano where they went out and got a guy. And, you know, sort of rented him for a year and it made a big difference to that team. They, you know, they placed higher at nationals than, you know, they had in forever. And they won the Big Tens. And neither one of the – you take Soriano's points off there. And, like, when we did our predictions at the beginning of the year last year, I didn't pick Michigan in my top four or five, whatever it was. But Soriano wasn't there and, and Massa wasn't there. If you take those two guys out, I was actually right. I was wrong. There's a good example. I was wrong for sure. But it wasn't like I hit my head and made a bad decision. It was basically I had incomplete data. I mean, the schools I mentioned, I think, are super interesting because they affect the team race and he has some relationship there. 
Like, you know, I, I just don't – I think if you just look at, like, the top 15 schools, I don't think he'd go to Penn State, Iowa, Ohio State, Missouri. I don't feel like he would go to Minnesota. Uh, I don't know if he'd go to Cornell. I mean, Wisconsin has Amos. I don't know if he could get into Northwestern or Princeton. Iowa State has Bastida. Pitt has Bonacorsi. Uh, so you look at the top 15 schools, I feel like it's the one, you know, Arizona State, Michigan, Nebraska. You know, I mean, like Rutgers isn't in their projected top 25. And the top 25 you need 14 points for. So that's a perfect example. Like if Ferrari comes in, they're now 20. Yeah. So that's, you know. And another thing, David, I, I don't think we're even talking about, and I don't even know if it's realistic, obviously, but I know AJ has said that he would like to wrestle heavyweight. Um, and another reason I think, you know, we're overlooking maybe a Minnesota, if Gable comes back and wrestles this year, which I have no idea if he is. For some reason, you picked him to win the Nationals this year when we talked about Nationals. So you have a kind of a, you know, you're hearing little things here and there that he could come back, and I've heard he could come back. If he did, I could see AJ going to Minnesota for a year and then going WWE, having Gable as a workout partner. I mean, how would you like to have to wrestle that at the end of a lineup? AJ Ferrari and Gable Stevenson. Yeah. So a lot of decisions in life are binary, right? So the first thing is, is he going to go to WWE or is he going to wrestle? Yep. Right. So if he's going to go to WWE, doesn't matter. Maybe that's something that the Oklahoma State staff knew was like he's got one foot in the WWE and one foot over here. Not saying this is true, but sure. if it were true and the best guy on your team, and I'm no disrespect to Dayton Fix, but a guy that's won – your national champion isn't 100% thinking about just trying to be a national champion. He's thinking about other stuff. Like, okay, and then this charge comes up. Like, okay, it's kind of a cut-your-loss kind of thing, right? Then if you go, well, he's going to wrestle. Okay, then you go through the laundry list of schools that, at least from the outside, make sense, right? Like, and there's some, I mean, I don't think there's any chance what I'm about to say is true, but maybe like Jacob Warner got the winning lottery ticket and it's just done with, you know, it's just going to retire, you know? So, okay, now all of a sudden Iowa becomes an option that we never thought of before, okay? Just kind of taking craziness out of it. The, the teams that we've said, I think, make sense, I, especially the schools that we sort of eliminated because they have All-Americans, because I think those coaches, I know almost all of them, and they're very loyal to that particular kid on their team. Yep, yep. Okay, so it's very interesting. 97's a weight where a bunch of guys, a bunch of the good schools have a good guy. You go to heavyweight, and I think there's twofold there. One, I think – like. Ferrari looks small at the Olympic trials. Okay. And he was just coming right off nationals and it was Olympic trials. And he was making 197. And I don't think he's, I mean, obviously he's yoked out of his mind, but I don't, he's not super tall for the weight. And he wasn't, I don't think like killing himself to make 197. So you bump up to 97 kilos, which is 213 and change, give or take. And he looks small there. And you're going to bump him to heavyweight. Because I'm not, I'm not bumping him anywhere. He he's no, the one but that I'm saying he if, if he bumps to heavyweight, okay, sure. then you're like, 
number one, I don't think he just from a image standpoint is going to go get fat. I think he's, you know, like it's important for him. So and his frame, I mean, how much more muscle can he put on? The second thing is this. He's a powerful, powerful guy at 97. But you run into like Mason Paris's hips, Cassiope's hips, uh, Kirkfleet's hips, Colton Schultz's hips. I don't know if it works out the same. Agreed. So I think if he goes, I'm going to go heavyweight. Again, now what's funny is a bunch of those schools we just named, Michigan, Iowa, Penn State, Arizona State, all got a heavyweight that are good, really good, that could all win a national title if Gable Stevenson doesn't come back. But the other thing is this. I don't think you go, well, Ferrari would just win heavyweight, right? I'm not even sure you go Ferrari would win 197 because he almost died in a car accident. Like, we kind of got to see if he's going to be healthy. Like, I've had injuries, like, literally, like, where you're just never the same again. Yeah. Like, you're never quite the same. So, I will tell you this. I, I know the Ferrari family. I texted with AJ Senior last night. You know, they're keep your head up, be positive. This will all play out. You know, we'll be exonerated. And Angelo's been in my event and could not have been a nicer young man, like basically zero maintenance, which is rare. Like most of those kids are chasing them down. It's like herding cats. So um, obviously this will play out. We'll talk about this in future weeks as, you know, the rumor mill goes. I think we're about out of time. So anything else before we sign off, Marco? Yeah, I do think one thing, though, David. I think they are a very close-knit family, the Ferraris are. And I think they'll all end up going to the same school. So there'll be some uh, there'll be some heavy discussions going on. It's not just going to be exactly where AJ wants to go, though I think he's the leader, you know, besides his dad, obviously. But with the brothers, I think they're going to follow him wherever they go. That's just my opinion. I may be wrong, but I think they'll probably all be at the same school. Well, I think what you mean really is the same state, right? Because, like, Angelo is going to be a junior in high school, so he can't go to the same school. True. Your point is well taken. The other thing is this. Anthony Ferrari's really good at wrestling but didn't even wrestle last year in high school. And scholarship-wise, you figured out how to – and that's the other thing, right? Like, A.J. Ferrari certainly a full-ride guy. Right. I mean, if you got a guy who's won nationals, that's kind of the proof you're looking for. Right. Yep. But now if you're going to recruit Anthony, who's a big time recruit and you're going to go, now we got to come up with, I'd say a minimum of a scholarship and a half on July 15th. And you have 9.9. I mean, there's all sorts of creative things you can do, blah, blah, blah. Sure. But like these kids aren't going to get in state tuition anywhere else because they lived in Stillwater, Oklahoma. So unless OU recruits them, You know, that's out. And then, you know, I don't know what Angelo would do. I I think you're right. But, I mean, let's say he's really happy there. Let's say he's got a girlfriend. Let's say he really likes Ethan Kyle. Let's say he likes working out with Ladarian Lockett. Let's say he's looking forward to working out with A.J. Heath. Like, Stillwater's got a top 10 team for sure. Like, I'm working with those guys on the high school. They they might have – they might have a top five team in the country. Yep. And if you got friends there and they've moved all over, you know, man, I don't, I don't want to move anymore. Yep. You never know. So it'll all play out, obviously. Um, we can just 
be 50,000 foot and say we wish the best of luck to the Ferrari family. Certainly wish the best of luck to the Oklahoma State family. And, uh, you know, I'm blessed to have relationships in both camps. And nobody said anything negative about the other camp, so that's kind of nice too. So next week I'm sure we will be we'll be in the middle of Fargo. Um, so we'll talk about that, we'll talk about Tanisha. I have no longer worried about what there will be to talk about next week on this show, like I said. So, Marco is like the good old days. Um, we certainly miss Grant, but he adds a lot to the show. I think that the best version of this show is the three of us. Um, but it was nice just to chat with you. We want to thank everybody for watching, listening, and sharing. And we'll see you all next week.